my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpen on Rugby podcast, an audio companion to the Leinster and Ireland rugby fan site, harpenonrugby.net. We are now available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Dogcatcher, Pocketcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and Demogorgon. That's very possible I made up that last platform, but if you're on any of the others, please hop on and subscribe. This week, we talked to another longtime Harpen contributor, namely Neil Keego Keegan, who gives us his take on what was ailing the boys in green at Twickenham. Then I'll do some 80 word reviews, and this week's Harpen Point looks at some eligible players who won't be considered for Ireland's World Cup squad. So, without any further ado, let's crack on with this week's show. And first up is my back and forward chat with Keego. Now it's time for our back and forward chat, where I'm joined on the pod by a fellow egg-chasing nut to harp on topical matters from the game past and present. Joining me for my third interview is a man of many online guises. He's the couch pundit on his own website. He's Kigo when he's scribbling for Harping on Rugby, but today we'll just call him Neil Keegan. How's it going, Neil? Welcome to the pod. Not too bad. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to the godfather, the, the reason why everything happens online in terms of Irish rugby, so I'll behave myself for this podcast. Uh, and then, of course, the check is in the post, or should I say that <laughs> the um, the PayPal link is on its way. I had to, have to modern, <laughs> modernize up that phrase a little bit. Fair play to you. Okay, um, well, I suppose... Uh, well, just talk about your website a little bit, the Couch Pundit. Um, just tell tell our listeners all about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the CouchPunditIreland.com is where you find it. Um, I've kind of been writing for, for people like yourself uh, for a long time, and I thought I'd just find somewhere to put it all so that I could send people over to it. Uh, and then we link to the, to the to my own Couch Pundit podcast from there too. Cover everything from uh, restaurant reviews, film reviews, uh, a little bit of politics in there. Um, it's hard to get into politics without offending at least half of the people in the world. So I try to avoid that a wee bit. Uh, and then uh, a lot of rugby and a lot of sport in there too. Again, hard not to uh, offend people. But uh, but yeah, it's all good. We, we kind of covered the, the weekend, which we'll get into here as well. Uh, but you know, we, we've had a, I had a little series there, America from the from the outside, Ireland from the inside, mm-hmm. and then a couple of restaurant reviews as well. So it's a bit of everything, uh, and also the podcast is there too. We, we're over uh, 100, I think 120 episodes so far. Kind of started off as uh, my journey home from work, a 20 minute rant about traffic, politics, sports how men and women uh, can get along uh, or don't get along in various points uh, all the way up to uh, we did a kind of a, re, a rebrand uh, there recently where we tried to get a little bit more structured with it uh, but yeah that's all doing well and uh, that's the place where you can find me and you can contact me through there as well so for people who want to fire abuse like all people do online uh, they, they, they can be uh, safe in the knowledge that their abuse will be going directly to me and hurting my feelings directly which is what everyone really wants to do. Well, that's what online is for isn't it I mean that's that's that, that, that's why it was created in the first place, you know? Absolutely. What is it if you can't just abuse strangers? You know what I mean? Oh, man. It's all part of the daily discourse, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I was looking back over your um, Jesus, your many uh, contributions to Harpen and Rugby. You're, you're up to 140 caps, I make it at this stage. Wow. Which is uh, pretty pr- pretty amazing. I think only. Apologies up front, yeah. Only, uh, Kieran Duffy's ahead of you on that score. Um, and uh, But I look back at your, at your very first. Um, your first post for us, and it was all the way back in, on uh, June 29th, 2012. 
and it's a, it actually it actually gives us a good lead into our uh, to chatting about the weekend because it was right after uh, Ireland's sixty uh, nil tonking um, in New Zealand. Mm. And, uh, you did a post which we called Kigo on kidney and kryptonite, and uh, and uh, you're basically talking about uh, talking about the aftermath of that. And uh, as and very fittingly, we just had another um, similar experience uh, last weekend. Now, first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut into uh, your uh, comments like right after full time. You sent me a little WhatsApp message. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to splice that in with my technical wizardry here, <laughs> and um, want to let you know what you what you think after that cool. we have a lot to talk about my friend uh, I expected rustiness I expected maybe a bit of fatigue but I was hoping for competitiveness and for the simple things to go right uh, unfortunately very little of that occurs now we are pre-season friendly time it's not really important the only worry is, as you and I know, whatever level of sport we've ever played at, when you get hammered like that, it sits in the brain for a long time. Especially when you can't navigate your way back. So, um, it's going to be it's gonna be tough now to come back from this. This is between the years now, and it has been for the last year. So, it'll be interesting to see. Talk to you on Monday. Yeah, so we kind of... Um, I, think, I think if we talk about the day as a whole, uh, and then it kind of would bring us through uh, it, it was a tough day for rugby hot day whether you're playing J4 or you're in the big jersey heat is the enemy uh, and we arrived uh, in fine fettle the, the words out of camp were great uh, and, and the first 24 and a half minutes uh, Ireland played as we expected uh, as we hoped excuse me not expected mm-hmm. because expectations have changed a massive amount over the last year we played like we wanted to play uh, everyone looked comfortable there was a shape there there was interest there was aggression uh, as well as a um, the thing I loved was uh, for the for the Larmer try yes it was a bounce of a ball and these things happen uh, under pressure but uh, it was the pass from Carney out to Stockdale which was the skip pass the, the phase before that was was nice and quick nice and smooth all the things that we that people would have given out about at at 81 minutes was non-existent there so everything was smooth everything was quick uh, the ball was moving nice and fast Carney saw with his 115,000 years of experience uh, he saw that skip uh, and uh, and Stockdale went on his he did the Lurgan chip and he was chasing down now I think he knows now that when that happens there'll be at least two people on him there was three English fellas chasing him down shepherding him uh, on either way and, and he knew that and you could see him to lead them to another part of the pitch which was classy which opened up um, Larmer with a half a yard a quarter of a yard more space to pick up the ball and dot down the try it was so smart all the way through Definitely. that I was I was up out of my seat I, I was I was on the I was on the coffee at that stage because it was early in the day um, and you're going this could be what we're after and with 24 minutes gone 24 and a half minutes gone even when England came back with was it four minutes later or something like that um, I still was fairly happy at 24 minutes and then all of the things you hear about camp the 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 ferocity of camp the non-stop combat of camp in Portugal started to rear its head 
and, and all these old worries that we have started popping in. We don't need to go through every try and every stat, but it was the, the, the kind of the balls fell out of it. The, 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 um, the heavy legs came in. Uh, and the biggest worry for me, because you can always get fitter. You can, all, there's no skill problem there. There's no uh, ability problem there in the team. I don't know if we've had a more skillful team in that jersey. The worry I have, and it's still the same worry from the Six Nations we shall not mention, the first game against England, when it's going against us, we have not been able to navigate bad times. And so, like, you know, whatever level you played the game at and whatever level I played the game at, we all were on the end of a, a massive deficit at halftime. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a decision to make. Are we going to leave it all out there? And if we lose by double the score, at least we've left it all out there. Or are we going to damage, try and do damage limitation? And that is my biggest worry. Forgetting about, you know, lost line outs and lost this, lost that, uh, possession, territory. That all makes people sound intelligent. And that's great. I use that shortcut myself a lot of times. The big worry is we can't navigate bad times. Yeah. And that's something we're going to be facing a lot in the World Cup. And that's my big worry. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I've always said about, like, I mean, Joe Joe Schmidt relies on such a structured approach. And uh, it's like whatever the move is, uh, all 15 men have a job. And uh, that's all well and good. But if um, if the likes of Itoji and uh, Tuolaki are getting in your face, um, they, you know, they, that that's going to knock you off your game. But just if they, if they have speed and they hit you, they hit one person off off their, their, their moment, it throws everything else out of whack. But yeah. that doesn't mean the game, the play is over. Like you say, you can still keep your head up and, and, and make something happen. And you can't just, you know, be exasperated that, that, that the set play didn't happen. But it just I just got the sense that they 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 were they were geared to putting three or four different moves together to get the ball forward. And when one thing went wrong, they they, they couldn't get they couldn't move on and do the next thing, you know? It was just uh, I don't know, it was just it was, it was just a long afternoon, wasn't it? It was it was tough, and it is something that we we have to, we have to go through these dark times. You know what I mean? We have to, and and I use that term in relative because you and I are old enough to remember the real dark times. You know what I mean? There are people talking about talking about it like it, this is the worst that has ever happened to Irish rugby, and we know that you know wooden spoon was not just something our parents hit us with in the eighties. It was something we'd get every now and again in the in the four in the five nations, six nations. Um, these things would happen. The, the worry is, um, uh, as professionals, it, it's between the years now. If, we, if we're looking at our next two games, me going into this series, I thought uh, Wales 2 would be our starting team. Uh, and then that would be the team we bring to Scotland. Uh, and then Scotland and Japan. Yeah, that would be the game. That would be the team we'd bring in there. And then game three and four, we'll, that's when... Uh, you'd see the likes of Burn and Carty, maybe, or McGrath, Marmion, and things like that. Because uh, we're in a position now where we look, we have to be more than competitive against Wales <laughs> twice, two weeks in a row. Um, now, going in, I thought I thought we were going to lose by two scores, but I thought if we were able to uh, navigate the tough times and understand that England. Their, their their power uh, it used to be Itoji, Farrell and Vinopola now it's now it's just Itoji, Vinopola and Kakasinga as well he was uh, he's immense it's just unbelievable and, and if you you take away the fact that you know they all look 
uh, like professional wrestlers from the 80s. Let's forget about that. Hmm. Um, the Kakasinga had 80 yard, 80 meters in the boots that day. Daily, daily at 79. Our best was Stockdale at 40, and Aki at, Aki at 32. Now, yeah, it's it's hard because we're we're like I, I almost think we're we're putting too much in this game, but then I have nothing in the last 12 months. I can prove our point. You know what I mean? So, like, the simple things that could be done are um, just getting up a little bit quicker in defense. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, the English line speed was like a Guns N' Roses gig in 1989. No, the, the thing, no, the, the, the thing about England is that, um, in a way, it's a, it's a bit of a compliment for Ireland because the, when we were beating them before for Grand Slams and denying them Grand Slams in previous years, that was a lot of because of their, their own kind of act. Is that they were too? They were so confident that their own game would win the day. And of course, you know they had championships and that to back that up. But um, what they did, what they've done this year is they clearly um, tailored their match for our game. They were doing little things like Tuolaki was sent on decoy runs and split our centers in two and totally bamboozled them to, to leave someone like Kakasinga to a free run through and uh, little things like that. They 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 knew what we were going to do. And um, that's a compliment in some ways, but now it's our turn to react, and we have to start doing something differently. You know, it's it's that's that's for us to decide. And if and if Eddie Jones can see it, Gregor Townsend can see it, and all the coaches that, that are, we're going to come up against the World Cup can see it. So it's about how we react. Uh, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent, and it kind of plays into the narrative that's been going on, uh, kind of in the last twelve months, where people are saying Ireland have been found out. And, and my, I have a theory for you, actually, that I've I've, I've mentioned a few times, um, and I want to see what you think about this. I don't know I don't know how much you can you can theorize on this, but I theorized because I was in that kind of mood. Um, I I think that there's an issue because it's not a talent issue, it's not a skill issue, it's not a coaching issue or a player issue, anything like that. It's none of that. I think something has happened akin to um, 08, 09, when there was a conversation where Carney brought up about the Munster players being caring more about a red than a green jersey. They had that conversation yeah. and all got on the same page. I think something has happened in the last year, whether it's a, a conversation or, or a, a jibe or something, where the guys and again this is with uh, it's hard I don't mean any disrespect to anyone wearing that green jersey mm. there's there's a I want that to be clear but it mm. appears that, that they they are not um, that that team that would run through a brick wall for each other it appears that that is what's happening they're not there even in contact they're not there in, in breakdown protecting each other walking out to the pitch Marler gave uh, Furlong a little nudge yeah, uh, and, and no, nothing came back. I think something has happened, and this is just a guess. Oh. Something has happened somewhere, and they are they are second guessing each other. Yeah, and that's why I I, I wrote today on on the couchpundit.com there cheeky plug. I wrote about <laughs> it saying um, if I was Joe, because we know we know the play is there, we know the skills are there. I would leave them alone for twenty eight hours, and I would say, lads, you're in the meeting room in. Carton House or whatever, you sort it out. Mm-hmm. You talk to each other, and anything that you need to say to each other, you say it now and leave it in the room. You leave it in the room, but you think you 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 get everything out in the open because you. I, even at J four when I played rugby, if there was an argument, if there was an argument in the change room, it went out to the pitch. Now that's obviously not professional rugby, mm. 
but they're also human beings and, and it appears that that's what's happened so if I was Joe and it's only a theory I would just say right boys the coffee's in the corner you sit there talk to each other there our chat with Kiko went longer than usual so if you don't mind I'd just like to butt in at the halfway point one thing I neglected to mention as I introduced him is that he is also a regular contributor to Big Joe Shep's weekly online rugby chat show three blokes a ball and bod and I'd like to tell you about a big event they have coming up that I'm involved in be sure to keep the date Friday September 6th free for the dugout at the D2 Bar nightclub on Harcourt Street, Dublin, where I'll be joining Joe, Kigo, as well as Kino Muller and special guests including Bernard Jackman, Dan Van Zeel, plus the legend that is Rala, for an evening of rugby chat and banter ahead of Ireland's final World Cup warm-up against Wales. The same fiver that gets you in the door also gets you a pint, so hopefully we'll see you there. Sorry again for the interruption. Now I'll return you to Kigo. Yeah, like, and, and the way the way I say there'll be times, and even as a grown-up, I'm going, look, this is where I went wrong, this is what I'm going to do, and you're going to see the improvements to give you confidence. Whether it's in work, in the real world, or in sport, you know what I mean? That's yeah. it's, it's a showable thing to your teammate, but you also have to have that conversation. So it'll be interesting to see when the retirees' autobiographies come out. Um, it'll be interesting to see if anything is, is, is brought up. Mm. And just something that I thought, because it's not, the team has never been more talented. The team has never been more skillful. The coach has never been more prepared with all due respect to our previous coaches. So everything is lined up. There's nothing, they're, they're not purposely holding back to ship 57 points. That was, there was a, a people are saying that sure halfway through we knew it was going badly. So they stopped playing. That's not, that that wasn't what happened. No. Um, I just think going forward, we can't be. You and I can't be having this conversation on episode thirty-three of yeah. the Harper and Rugby podcast. We can't yeah. be doing this again. Yeah. Um, so we need to see against Wales, the number one team in the world. Whatever that means, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I'd be, I'd be, you know what I mean. We we keep giving out about rankings, but if it was our name bef- beside the number one, we'd say it was the greatest and most oh, yeah. legitimate ranking in the world. We actually led for six minutes of this match, so uh, we we were, we were <laughs> number one for six minutes. We, we can always say, you know, yeah, it's, it's just heartbreaking and it's tough to deal with people online who. Um, and again, I, I try to joke about it on, on the website and I'm writing with you. I, I try to joke about uh, it's, it's a 50% it's joke. So it's fans and supporters. Mm-hmm. And I try and make a joke about these things just to uh, to hide my, my true feelings. But um, the, the fans are the loudest ones. The fans are the guys who, uh, and girls, who, who maybe, and I'm, you know, it's only because the old man brought me to Lansdowne from the age of four that, that I, I've kind of learned through osmosis but it's they're, they're, when the sport gets popular you get all these people in MMA has it too boxing has it with Katie all these things happen and that's that's perfect that's beautiful it's, rugby is the perfect game but, uh, it's the most honest game but the fans are screaming for the captain's head the scrum half's head mm-hmm. uh, you know the number 10 who hasn't started yet uh, the number eight all this sort of stuff when, when when you look at certain things and you look at it um, I actually had to, I watched the game again before I wrote the wrote the piece this morning Joe is watching that going that's not what we beat the shit out of excuse me beat each other up for in Portugal last week yeah you know England England trained in Portugal before the Six Nations only to beat Ireland 
<clears throat> assuming that, assuming that you beat Ireland, you beat everybody. And yeah. that, like you like you said, that's a big compliment. But it's not the way it's going to work. England have gone last win. Uh, even New Zealand have gone last win. Um, so all these things, they mean nothing if we can move on from them, basically. Uh, and, and I just, I hope we can. I think we can. But I am less sure than I have been in the last decade. And what, um, and... What kind of what kind of team would you like to see against Wales next weekend? We have to go for it. I, yeah. I don't see I don't see any point in uh, trying new combinations or anything like that. I think th- I think our second row has to be our starting second row. Um, th- the only change I would make maybe is I'd put Conan in for Stander. Yeah. Again, I've my green jersey on, not my blue jersey. Yeah, Conan's ready to rock and roll. And I think if you look if you look at Stander right and and how absolutely amazing servant in both jerseys especially in green he does a huge amount of work that first half was a kick in the arse for him yeah but then if you look at Sander in the second half like he ended up with 15 I think he was joined with uh, oh, I have it written down here but I can't find it right now Van der Fleer yeah. the two of them had 15 tackles on the day mm. uh, Van der Fleer only missed one and again he didn't look to have had a monster game but he still had the most tackles Van, uh, Stander had 15 in the second half or sorry 14 in the second half mm. uh, only missing two so he obviously got his arse kicked at half time and that's something he can take that and come back with it but I think I think Conan I think Conan is he's a leader yeah uh, he's a leader in blue he's a leader in green when he gets the green and if you look at the spine of the team so if you kind of go if you're going to go from front to, to full back you go you got Healy best furlong Okay, whatever about Roy Best, there's three captains right there in the front row. You've Toner in the second row. You would have Conan in the back row, plus O'Mahony, obviously, in the back row. There's, there's uh, most of your pack there are leaders. And then if you roll back from that, you've got Ringrose, who's a, ca- uh, a leader in blue. And uh, last time I watched um, Leinster in, was it the Munster match? One of the matches, I can't remember. He was the player who brought everyone around the posts and had a chat with them. So he's a yeah. leader in the midfield, which is great. Um, if you put Earls on the wing, that's another leader. And you come back to Carney, who, with his, as we said, 100 years experience, cheeky little skip passes and things like that, that he can see he's another leader. So there you go. Like, that's half the team. And I've, I haven't even put in Murray and Sex in there. That's a, I, I think that's a... I don't know what to do with that, to be honest. I think that's why Joe wouldn't be sleeping. But there's there, out of that, those players we mentioned nearly 8 out of 10 of them are leaders and we need to get as many of them on the pitch at once as we can and then you've got guys like uh, Cronin who needs to get his act together uh, with the ball in hand uh, I know the line out was not necessarily there the thrower's fault for most for a lot of them but when you're when you're picking a spot in the sky the least you can do is hit it the more leaders we have on the pitch uh, apparently Sexton has been injured when a, a, a rook fell on him or something only coming back from some injury um, but then that means you that means you pick your number two that means you say to Bernan Carty right boys listen Sexton is not in Burn, we're going with you. We're going to go with you for as long as you're going to get on there for. But if 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 it's not working for you, if it's coming backwards, you need to pick Rose Ed. Mm-hmm. You can't. We're not going to pass away out of this. This is not Arsenal in the 80s. We're going to kick the ball onto the train station 
that's beside the stadium and we're going to reset and we know that if we can't uh, navigate uh, the first half in a confident professional uh, Ireland way then if we're behind we will struggle and, and, and Wales are going to put it up to us because anytime Wales can beat us they'll take it what do you what are you thinking is going to happen how do you think if you were the coach sitting there uh, in, in the hotel what would you be trying to do um, you'd be basically trying to um, to like like you said get the get the, get the players get the players tuned in um, if there's any if there's any problems within the squad let them sort it out Um I, I'd like to see, like you say, the Ring Rose is the leader. I'd like to see him used more in terms of, uh, you know, setting up set plays with him in mind. He, he, he you know, a lot of the attacking stuff he does, he, he gets a loose ball and runs behind the runs behind the pack and goes against the grain and gets yards that way. And um, he's he's good in loose play. And you, you often see him following up kicks from someone else and doing all these amazing little things that are great around the park. But he's such an intelligent footballer. And, and he's got so much ability that if you could create a play that got him space. One of the reasons Kakasinga did so well was that the plays were designed to create him space and to Alaki as well and all of them you could you could see the set moves as they were played and and we do that too but it's mostly for our number 12s and for our wingers coming in off their wing if if if, if they did more for Ringrose I'd like to see more plays involving Gary Ringrose and uh, and that might something like that might be one of the little surprises Joe Joe has up his sleeve going yeah go, absolutely going. a lot of the work he did was wriggle work which he does so well he's hard he's hard to tackle um, he is. Uh, he can pass. He can kick. He can do everything. Uh, and you're right. He's a resource that we're not using um, as we should be. And I think he. I think maybe if if there are anything any tricks being held back, I think that's one of the tricks. Uh, I think using him uh, sometimes as a kicking threat as well. I think is is a positive. Um, there was a try. I'm trying to remember the try. It must be two Six Nations ago now. Where there was a freeze frame taken, uh, was it England? I can't remember. But there was out of the out of the ten players in shot, uh, one player had the ball. So the nine players without the ball, eight of them were actively animating for the ball. Yeah. So so as a defensive team, you're looking at that going, right? I know it's probably going to Aki, but there's another eight of them looking for the ball. Where. Yeah. If you were to take that picture at any point on Saturday, um, there was none of them animated for it. So England were just, I think England, after they scored, um, they took a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes to look around and see if there'll be any changes, any changes in how they do things. And when they realized there were no changes, they were like, lads, we can strangle these guys for the whole day. Go for the kill. And they can't, they won't, and they can't and won't do anything about it. Mm. And that's and, and and that's what they 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 foot on our throat all, all all day long. And I know some people pay good money for that, but I don't want to see that out of my rugby team. No, absolutely. Well, okay. Well, I think we've sorted that out now. So we <laughs> can call that a good night's work. Thanks for that, Kingo. No worries. Well, listen, we're we're going to wrap this up now, and I've got this little game I've been trying out um, with with the previous guests, and I call it Association Rugby. Now, all I'm going to do is I'm going to give you ten uh, words or phrases uh, that are rugby related, and you just shout out the first thing that pops into your noggin. We go. Okay, I'll I'll try and keep it clean. Okay, just just give it a go. You ready? Yep. Okay, winger. 
Earls. Nine outs. Oh, best. Tag tag burn. Beef. Grassroots. Important. Rankings. Not important. Eddie Jones. Oh, I hate to love that guy. <laughs> Box kick. Box off. Wales. Mm, Charlotte Church in our prime. Tackling. Uh, needs better refereeing. World Cup. I need new underwear. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, listen. Thanks for that, man. Um, we'll get you on again, and uh, we will we will be seeing you down at the uh, D two bar and nightclub on September sixth. I do believe there's a little soiree going on then. Absolutely, yeah. I know you've got Big Joe on next week, so I won't steal his thunder. But just very quickly, we have tickets to give away for the Wales game. Um, we have uh, Bernard Jackman's going to be there. Dan Van Zeele's going to be there. Uh, the Godfather himself is going to be there, along with Keen O'Muller. And uh, we've got uh, Rala O'Reilly's going to pop in and have a chat with everyone, which is fantastic. Get, your, get everyone along. It's going to be great fun. There's a match on the telly that night as well, England v Italy. So there's a there's a, a whole, whole whole lot of rugby going on that night. So that'd be absolutely pizzas for everyone. It's a fiver. Um, fiver gets you in, and that same fiver gets you a pint. That's right. Absolutely. So you're making seventy cent on your every ticket purchased, uh, and then what do you want? Yeah, exactly. To get in to get into the draw for the tickets, all you have to do is leave your name, and you have to you have to be there to take the tickets. Otherwise, uh, otherwise yourself and myself are going to go in, in the competition's winners' place. So we're all good. Just out of the I'll edit this out of the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, man. Um, cheers for that, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. And um, thanks for that, Kigo. Cheers. Thanks once more to Kigo for joining me on this week's Back and Forward Chat, and my apologies for the odd crackle here and there throughout. I'll get the hang of this production arc eventually. Be sure to also check out Kigo's website, CouchPunditIreland.com, for more of his content, including his own fine podcast. I have, of course, put all the relevant links in the program notes on HarpinOnRugby.net. Now it's time for our 80-word reviews, where I give some brief summaries of the latest performances by teams on Ireland's radar. And there was only the Scotland match last weekend, so I've also done two for Leinster's preseason clash with Canada, one for each half. Canada 7, Leinster 19 at halftime. This unique contest was always going to look more test match than tour, and Leinster started well both with and without the ball. For the first half hour, every Canadian possession was thwarted by solid D, while every Leinster attack resulted in a try, producing a 19-0 cushion. But when Max Deacon, who had gotten two of the scores, overthrew a line-out while the other try-scorer Brian Byrne was in the bin, Olmsted took advantage to put Canada on the board. Canada 35, Leinster 38, final score. The penalties that led to the yellow card continued after the break, and when Harry Byrne replaced Frawley, a blocked kick plus an interception helped Canada build a 35-24 lead. Thankfully, the Leinster pack came to the rescue in the closing stages, with Connors getting her fourth try, Deegan completing his hat-trick, and a strong counter-ruck setting up a series of pick-and-goes after the clock went red before Hugo Keenan got over to pinch a dramatic win. Scotland 17, France 14. It was all about making the most of mistakes at Murrayfield, with many throughout. An intercepted horn pass gave Penno a second-minute try, and the winger added a second after Guiton sprinted through the Scottish D. But Finn Russell grew into the match and helped set up Maitland before the break, while Harris crashed over on 59 minutes. 
Laidlaw's early three-pointer ultimately proved the difference, giving Townsend's men a much-needed morale boost, despite concerning injuries to Thompson, Skinner, and especially Seymour. That's it from our reviews this week. Now for a Harpen point, which is called The Unpickables. I started writing this Harpen point purely about Simon Zebo, but I think I should probably expand it to look at all of those who ruled themselves out of contention by leaving Irish shores. The inspiration came from a troll leaving mischievous comments around the Harpen Facebook page, which basically suggested Zebo was the answer to all of Ireland's problems. Because this site follows Leinster as well as Ireland, I always have to be careful with topics like this. Since my overall opinion is that I don't believe Zebo is the right fit for this Ireland squad, there are bound to be many who will assume I'm only saying that because he's Munster and Joe Schmidt is Leinster. Now obviously you can't see me, but I still couldn't help doing air quotes as I named those rival provinces. That's because when you're having a discussion in the Ruggersphere, it's hard to avoid those who are totally incapable of rising above all the parochial crap and actually discuss the boys in green as a unified squad. My actual take on Zebo is that while I do believe he is a quality player with much to offer, he is simply not a Joe Schmidt kind of winger. His natural instinct is to try to beat the man on the outside, and there are plenty of clubs around Europe who are more than willing to have someone like that in their lineup. But that is not what Joe is looking for. More often than not, he wants his wide men to either cut inside with support to recycle, or even chip and chase as we saw Stockdale do to good effect on Saturday. Who knows, maybe when Andy Farrell takes over there will be more opportunities for Simon, just not for now. But this leads to a broader question. Should leaving the four provinces automatically exclude you from contention? Well, I kind of have two contrasting opinions. Were it down to me, I'd say we should always be able to select the best available players no matter where they play their trade, much like the Springboks do, though I certainly wouldn't want them going abroad without guarantees in their contract that they may be available for training as well as test matches. That said, given the, the no-travel rule is in place and everyone knew it when they left, I absolutely understand why the likes of Zebo, Donica Ryan, Ian Madigan aren't being considered. At the end of the day, it comes down to simple maths. No matter how good you might be at your position, there's generally only one or two spots on the test team that you can go for. And if the coaches think there are better players ahead of you and clubs outside of Ireland are willing to pay good money for your talents, then you can't be blamed for leaving. But if these players left knowing their chances of inclusion would evaporate, then I don't see why we're wasting precious time discussing it at all. Right, that's my Harpen Point for this week. Now for a word from our sponsor. Harpen on Rugby podcast is brought to you by the Irish Rugby Store. Head over to shop.irishrugby.ie to look at the latest ranges, including the new Ireland jerseys from Canterbury. That's it for now. I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check into the blog, harpenandrugby.net, for our regular content, which includes TV rugby listings on Thursday, a video preview of Wales v Ireland on Friday, and if you stay in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we'll be harping before, during, and after the big match from Cardiff, as well as hopefully live blogging Leinster A's Celtic Cup match against the Scarlets in Dunnybrook. If you'd like to get in touch, by all means leave a voicemail on our anchor.fm page or even just email me paganoblog at gmail.com. This week's final whistle quote is from the late great Welsh centre Ray Gravel. You've got to get your first tackle in early, even if it's late. <laughs>